Hello there and welcome to Talent and Growth, the podcast dedicated to all things talent attraction and talent retention. I'm your host Paul Church, uh, I'm also the founder of the Anemo Group and today I'm very happy to welcome Aliyah Katab to the podcast. Aliyah is the Director of Talent Acquisition at ServiceNow and we're talking about how to focus on diversity and hiring in your business. Um, it's a great conversation, Aliyah is just a fantastic person with so much uh, knowledge uh, and she shares so much useful advice so I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did um, and if you are enjoying the podcast please do like it please do subscribe please do share um, let's keep the movement going um, but here's the episode hope you enjoy it Alia it's fantastic to have you on talent and growth how are you doing I am very well thank you Paul great to see you again you too, you too. And look, I think a great place to start would be, if you wouldn't mind, just sharing a bit about your um, your career, your journey, your background and, and what you're doing now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my name is Alia Katab. Uh, you'll hear from my accent. Um, I was born and, and raised in France, um, daughter of Syrian immigrants who moved to France in the late 70s. So I grew up and was raised in Paris, but moved to the UK, gosh, 14 years ago now. 2008, time flies. Um, I think like most of uh, my peers, uh, I fell into recruitment. Hopefully people today don't fall into recruitment, but see that as a as a career step. And uh, since then I've had the opportunity to work for great companies, uh, most recently ServiceNow, uh, where I lead all of sales hiring across EMEA. So that's around 700 to 800 hires a year with a team strong of uh, 14 TA partners spread across across Europe. Oh, and in, in addition, which is really relevant to our discussion, of course, um, I am the diversity hiring pillar lead in, in the region as well. Absolutely. Very key to our discussion. Thank you for adding that bit in, of course. And look, we're, we're going to be talking around all things diversity today. Um, but, and I suppose to set the tone, how good or bad a place do you think we are right now when it comes to diversity hiring uh, and the importance businesses are placing on this? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I appreciate the question, but I don't think it is a matter of how good or bad of a place we are, but rather where are you? on that journey, because it is a journey. It's an ongoing journey. There's no end destination. So where are you? Which level of maturity and understanding? But most importantly is how committed are you on that journey, right? Because there's no black and white answers when it comes to um, dismantling systemic, say, racism or gender inequity. This is an ongoing journey. It's about really planting the seeds in your organization to hopefully create long-lasting change and impact. Fantastic answer. Absolutely agree. And and businesses are understandably, they're pushing their talent teams at the moment to put, to put a more diverse range of talent in front of them. Um, but I don't think that tells the whole story. So where, where does the responsibility lie? Because I, I don't think TA can do this on their own, can they? So... When it comes to hiring, my philosophy personally, hiring is the recruiter responsibility, but it is the hiring manager accountability. There's a slight difference. So TA cannot do it on its own, absolutely. 
uh, when it comes to diversity program, my recommendation would be to work with your HR business partner, your DNI specialist, but also the business. There needs to be a common understanding and common purpose. Now, we should not underestimate the power that TA has actually in moving the needle, in increasing representation, in enabling educating hiring managers. So in short answers, no, TA cannot do it on its own, but yes, TA can play actually a critical role. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and how, do, how do businesses make sure that they're pushing diversity hiring for the right reasons? So there's that real um, level of authenticity. So sorry, Paul, just going back to the initial answers, I'm going to give you some, some example actually just to illustrate. Um, and I know there's been a push um, probably in, in 2020 when most businesses were under um, you know, the scrutiny of, of employees wanting more representation in the wake of George Floyd murders and speaking to peers in the industry, we all felt that push. Um, I, when I say TIA cannot do it on its own, let's also not underestimate the power that some leaders have. And we have leaders, example of one of our senior sales directors who every year attend um, one of the biggest LGBTQ job fair in Berlin. I mean, he's made two hires out of this job fair hiring on competencies. So everyone can play a role. When there's a will, there's a way, but agree there needs to be a common understanding. So we'll probably touch on the hiring philosophy and the why and how to embed diversity hiring. But I would say leaders also um, have an incredible power to move the needle. Yeah. So, sorry, your, your other questions. Um, so the other, yes, yeah, so yeah, absolutely. So thank you for coming back to that one. So how do businesses make sure they're pushing diversity hiring for the right reasons? So I'm going to be a bit controversial now. Um, <laughs> if you, if you speak, if you ask hiring manager why they want to increase, say, female or um, people of color in their team, you'll probably still get two or three different answers. I don't know about your, your experience. You know, some leaders will say, well, this is the right thing to do. Um, other leaders might say, well, I need to increase representation. Ali, I only have, uh, I only have white, white male. So it goes back to before even thinking about pushing a diversity hiring strategy, bring everyone around the hiring philosophy of your organization. You know, what is your um, hiring philosophy? At ServiceNow, Inclusive hiring is one of the core pillar of our hiring philosophy. Hiring philosophy. So how do we provide a meaningful experience for everyone? How do we engage? And, but also most importantly, how do we assess based on personas and competencies and how we try to mitigate the bias? And as anything, that purpose needs to be shared almost on every single conversation. You know, I think there's a rule that says if you're leading change, you have to say the same thing at least six times or seven times. This is always going back to the hiring philosophy. I would say 99.9% .9 of people have the right intention, uh, but there is a risk to fall into um, tokenism. You know, oh, we absolutely need the female. 
we absolutely need, um, you know, an underrepresented untapped talent into the team. And the risk when you rush is that you take away that long-term objective, which is why are you hiring a diverse team? Is because this is an opportunity for you to build high-performing team that will bring different perspective, different background, and this is for you to build a healthy organization. Sorry, long answers for your um, for your questions. No, good answer. And I think um, you know when you when you started that answer there. I mean, my first thought was actually if you ask a lot of hiring managers, maybe even founders of businesses, why they need to do a push on diversity hiring. I think a lot of them say they don't really know, um, but they just they just know they need to do it. But so I think it's, you're right. It's important to really um, hit home on that why and make sure everyone's brought into the you know brought into the circle as you nicely put it and, and are on board and you know all aligned. And it goes back to you know if you your initial question can TA do it on your own? No, they can't. You involve your enablement team. You leverage on your HR business partner. If you if you're lucky and have a, a diversity equity um, organization in your company, work with them. The most important is to have a common sense of understanding around the why. And years ago, you know, we still had. I remember there was probably six years ago where you had to demonstrate the business case of diversity. You know, se seven times more innovative. I mean, we all we all have the data. I mean, hopefully, most businesses and leaders have passed that stage of the business case. This is just the right thing to do. You know, you want to have a team that is representative of the society we live in. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and before we attract a more diverse range of talent um we've got to look at the foundations we've got in place in the business so how do we how do we make sure that our business is a place people feel is inclusive and want to stay in that that's the biggest one so going back to that push um for us is and i'll share more around our strategy we actually never look at the hiring ratio as an isolated data we always compare it with the workforce mix and how that percentage evolved. Okay, and goes back to having that cross-functional approach when it comes to diversity hiring. Um, indeed, if you are pushing to increase representation, you, you know, I'm going to use an analogy. If your kitchen is not clean, um, untapped talent may not want to come in and eat at your restaurant. Okay, so. Having said that, there's two things that as a TA team, we don't have uh, the power to um, control attrition. Um, however, what we can do is increase representation, but we should work with HR where we see a risk. And, and at ServiceNow, we're not just increasing hiring, we are comparing this percentage with the workforce mix. I wouldn't say, well, because the attrition spike, then you shouldn't increase representation. When it comes to attrition, you know, there's different level. There's a retrition that is regretted, non-regretted. There might be some, tre some trends that you can identify, but there's also the macro environment where we know that most businesses, and in particular in the US, where the attrition thing for sales rep in the tech industry reach 30 to 40 percent and that's a market um 
it is what the you know the great reshuffle i mean i'm hoping that we we're starting to have the great stabilization <laughs> and not a recession but there's a lot of elements so looking at that attrition without the context can also um, be counterproductive so this is really a judgment you have to make with your headshot business partner and with your business leader this isn't for ta on its own i think to to really make a make a decision but you you are right um, ultimately what we want to do through our work is increase the representation but the north star is to give everyone access to the same opportunities that, that goes way beyond hiring you know you need to look at your promotion cycles you need to look at your internal movement you know are we promoting the more confident one as opposed to the most competent one you know we know biases are pretty much everywhere what's interesting is um at service now sorry shameless <laughs> promo here but i i was promoted as a first line manager last year and actually when i do, did my first performance review with the team um i had pop-up coming warning me about biases affinity bias you know are you sure this person um, be aware of those affinity biases and be aware of those biases when you think about promotion, which actually made me think, because yes, I do have bias, like anyone, which made me think back and it did help me. So for us, it's really the North Star is, are we building an organization that gives everyone access to the same opportunities, regardless of their gender, race, religion, sexual orientation, and so on? So while we have a powerful role, this is really a very, very first step on that journey. Fantastic. Absolutely agree. And if we're going to, I suppose, going back to the, um, the hiring side. So if we're going to diversify our talent pipeline, how and why do businesses need to rethink their view of talent? Well, so um, I don't know if there's one... Um, researchers and academic and I'm actually a big fan of Joan Williams I can share the link with you um, so Joan Williams uh, she studied race gender relation in the workplace for the last 30 years I think she actually studied over a hundred of organization and there's a lot of great finding in her research around that notion of talent which can be highly highly biased you know what does that even mean talent you know let, let's think about that definition now the research shows that <clears throat> when we interview often we think that past experience is going to be a predicator to future performance well it isn't actually oh, it isn't so let's um probably spend time to dismantle what that notion of talent is and we all always encourage leaders to challenge that notion um, we taken a methodical approach <clears throat> actually in our company so we have defined personas based on job level and job role so we have a clear personas for sales we know the type of behavior that you need to to display in order to perform in your role uh, and those performers are aiming at mitigating biases you know, no persona says you have to work for a competitor. 
There's nothing in the persona that says that you have to come from the tech industries. However, this says that you have to be a great orchestrator and you have to work cross-functionally and you have to rally a matrix team around you. So by defining those personas, we have actually embedded those in how we assess, so how we attract, assess, retain talent. Um, and that's a great way to rethink their talent. Now, another example you can give, and I know probably if you work in the tech industry, we have uh, we just have the tendency to uh, just to hire within the industry because we think this is a shortcut and we believe that people will ramp quicker. If you have an example of a no, what I call a non-conventional conventional hire, that this hire turned out to be a top performer, sometimes it's it's also the power of storytelling and data that will help manager everything their talent. Well, look, you know, X person in this team actually didn't come from the SaaS industry and, you know, they're the top performers. So let's bring that back to the personas. You know, what are the, the core behavioral competencies you want to assess? And let's try not to focus too much on previous employer <laughs> um, or even education. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And what, with, with talent shortages as they are, um, what sort of innovations can TA teams start implementing to open up talent pools or new ones? So I, again, this is probably me <laughs> being either very optimistic. I I don't believe there's a talent shortage. I believe there's some roles, yes, where you will find, say, a highly specialist in a countries where the TAM total addressable market of talent is limited. But overall, I'm pretty sure there's enough untapped talent who can fill most of your eggs. Um, personally, maybe you, you call me a, an optimistic, but I've seen it. Um, you know, I've been hiring for over 15 years. I've been operating in the same industry. If you want to open your eyes and focus on enablers and personas, you can actually open your eyes to different talent. Now, uh, another philosophy on that. If if a manager has, um, and we know actually, we still increase our headcount quite aggressively. And I'm going to give you an example of a manager in in Spain. I'm not I'm not going to name him, who actually leads a highly specialized team in pre-sales solution consulting. So it does require not only technical capability but also business, strong business acumen and ability to, to support the sales team. He's hired completely outside of the industry because he's purely focused on you know, the value setting part, the common understanding of how you can use technology to help businesses in their digital transformation. Uh, and this leader, and I always say, when there's a will, there's a way, in a highly competitive market has managed to bring 50% of female into his team when he tripled the size of the team. Okay, looking purely at competencies and but also where a, um, a candidate come from a different industry, this could be actually more valuable to your team. Now, a lot of people say, oh, there is a diversity problem to which I respond. No, there isn't a diversity problem. You might have a homogeneity problem on your team. Um, so the pipeline 
challenge that often come, well, yeah, there isn't enough talent. For your team, you try and need to go beyond that. Uh, there is, yes, it's hard to attract talent, um, but I do think that we're missing out on untapped talent because of some requirements that to me are still very biased. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and how if we talk about the um, the experience um, that candidates are going to receive along the way of an interview process, um, what what are the key things that TA and businesses need to ensure to make sure that is that experience is a good one? What are the main factors to consider? Yeah, so everything is about experience, and we've we, we are in the economy of experience. Uh, for me, CX is not only customer experience, it's candidate experience, which I often remind our sales leader to, you know, treat your candidate as if they were your, your customers. Um, for us, it goes back to our hiring philosophy. It underpins everything we do as a TA function. Again, you know, what, what is our mission as a talent function? What is our vision and how do we want to operate in the external market? So providing a meaningful experience, giving everyone access actually enabling and giving every candidate access to the right opportunities. And I would say in this current environment, TA partners needs also to coach, be able to coach their, their talent, their candidate, and make sure that they know where we're going. So it's even more important for um, if you want to increase diversity, and I'll, I'll share one example in the past where, um, you know, through our technology, we know which candidates, of course, if they agree to share that they need um, accessibility for any reason. Um, there was one candidate who shared with me that, uh, uh, she, you know, she was, um, she was autistic. So I don't know which stage of the spectrum and that she needed a lot of information. And this is going back to your hiring process and the hiring philosophy, which we have one that is defined and we have a clear playbook. It's giving that person a clear view of what to expect at each touch point. You're not advantaging someone more than someone else, but some talents actually have, um, you need to level play the field. This is the most important, especially if you have candidates who might be nervous. Um, so I know I did spend a lot of time giving her exactly a view of what to expect at which stage. Going back to being methodical. If you're not methodical and if you don't have that process in place, this gives opportunity for all biases um, to come. And, and you know, um, this gives the Oh, actually, you're lacking on the opportunity to to diversify. So, um, experience is a core pillar of our hiring philosophy. Absolutely, um, meaningful experience, uh, applying an inclusive hiring process and equitable hiring process is also a second part of our our, our hiring philosophy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and in terms of um, employer branding. Um, what what do businesses need to do to make sure they're appealing uh, to a more diverse set of talent, that their message outwards is, is the right one? Yes. So great question, Paul. I think, first of all, you can have the best employment branding team and campaign in the world. If your company lacks diversity, people will know. Huh? But so often there's no point to 
to sugarcoat a reality and, and businesses have to be um, very honest on that topic to say we are early on on that journey, but we are committed. And these are the actions that we're taking to increase representation, to reduce the gender gap, uh, pay gap and so on. Uh, now, having said that, um, if you have employee belonging group or ERG, employee resource group, which we have at ServiceNow, they can play um, a great role in sharing authentic stories. Hopefully, you know, they'll all have a great experience. Um, and we do have example of um, employee group, the, you know, Black at Now, Pride at Now, where we did event and we've had employees storytell their experience from hiring to um, being promoted while being pregnant. I give you a few examples. So be authentic, I believe, because today um, I don't think companies can hide through great com communication. Uh, you can go on the website and look at the board of directors. Um, I, I believe there was a, a singer, if I'm not mistaken, Beyonce, who refused to sign a contract with an organization when she found out that the board was 100% male. Um, so yes, now, if you're lucky and have made um, progress, because I don't think any company is perfect, by the way, I don't think you'll, you're probably going to take you 100 years <laughs> to, to reach uh, that, that equity, maybe it's utopies, but if you have great example, absolutely showcase, um, we, we run digital events, share authentic stories, uh, even if um, this, and again, I give you an example of one event we ran in the UK. We've had a panel of different talent. We always touch on their career path, but we also allow employees to say, well, actually, I come from a different industry and look, I'm here at ServiceNow and I'm, I'm doing well and I've been promoted or I'm a single mom. I've always had uh, nerves about working for a cutthroat industry, like the, the software industry, but here is how my managers have supported me. Um, so if you're lucky to have employees, if you're lucky first to have representation and employees willing to storytell, that's, that's gonna have a great impact. We, we actually had um, probably 10 candidates in process just after this digital event because they felt, um, they really identified to some of the stories which were shared authentically. Long answers as well. Good, good answers though. And I think we've covered a lot there. There's so much advice you've given there. So I really appreciate that. Um, look, I'm sure there's people listening here who might want to contact you or pick your brain around diversity or talent acquisition or anything at all. What's the best way for them to contact you? So they can um, always ping me. I'm, by the way, I'm not an expert. Uh, this is... Uh, me trying to move the needle like everyone else and learning every day. Um, I mean, I do have a, a passion because in 15 years, I know that there's talent everywhere, but not everyone is given the same exposure to opportunities, right? And this goes back to the power that the TA team can do through this um, methodical approach of hiring. Uh, they can contact me on LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is probably the best way to to go and if I can advise anyone, um, I'd be happy to do so. But I wouldn't pretend to to be an SME. Appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate the honesty and appreciate everything you've shared with us today. Um, look, I'm really glad we got to have this conversation. Thank you so much for being a part of Talent on the Growth. 
You are most welcome, Paul. Thank you for having me.